In today's episode, we have Emmy Award nominee Tracy Phillips from Video Script Success, who is going to share with us her journey into creating courses and how we can build confidence on camera for our own online courses. You will also get to hear how you can create a better business around your audience, why most people are doing video the wrong way, and the biggest myths people believe about video and how to overcome them. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Online Course Igniter podcast, where you'll hear from successful course creators and how they were able to turn their passion into a thriving online business empire. Welcome everyone to the podcast today. We have Tracy Phillips from Video Script Success. How are you doing today, Tracy? Great. Thanks for having me. Yes, definitely. We're happy to have you on the podcast and uh, dive deep into video and live video and some of the marketing strategies that you've seen working with online courses. But before we get started, I always like to hear uh, people's backgrounds and how they got started into online business, maybe what you were doing before you got started in online business. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm glad you asked because I actually have almost two decades of video production uh, background. I was nominated for an Emmy in 2013. So I had a lot of behind the camera experience. And then about five years ago, I discovered online marketing and I realized, oh my gosh, there's so many people who don't understand how to do video well. And so the name of my company, Video Script Success, is really my magic sauce comes from being able to really nail down the messaging behind the video and that type of thing. So you're not doing what I call video vomit, right? And so I always joke around that I'm ridding the world or at least the internet of video vomit. And so I came from that background. And although, you know, again, the scripting was great. I knew what I wanted to say. I was terrified to put myself out there. And so many entrepreneurs, so many people launching courses, they're the face of their brand. I was the face of my brand. And I just realized, oh my gosh, right, there's fear, there's nervousness, there's all of this other stuff that goes into it where from behind the camera and directing, I was like, yeah, just do it. And it's not that easy with entrepreneurs. So I trans um, I translated all of my you know knowledge from offline to online and then really came up with a strategy and a way to work with people so that they were comfy on camera, they were themselves on camera and and the best part is that they were able to connect with their audience online. So that is my that's my background. Awesome, that's great. And I definitely want to get into the uh, video vomit and how we, <laughs> what it is and how we can avoid it. Um, but I just w- was curious, what kind of uh, video were you doing before online business? What what were you filming? So nothing sexy. We call it industrial video. I own another company. Uh, it's a video production company run out of San Diego, and so. Industrial video is really just mid-sized companies doing marketing videos or educational videos. So we did a lot of doctors on green screens. And boy, did I learn a lot about how to be and how not to be on camera, but also about one of the most important things, and that's being prepared and practicing. And I think that's where people forget that you don't start out good at video. You actually have to work at it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I realized that myself when I started doing online courses and started showing my face more that yeah. uh, it, it does take practice. And it, it's crazy because it's almost kind of like you have to trick yourself a little bit. Like, yeah. 
I have to convince myself to be uplifting and smiling and joyful <laughs> in front of the camera. Yeah, but I will tell you, you don't have to be, a lot of people see me and they're like, oh, but you're an extrovert or, oh, but you did video. And and I don't really identify as an extrovert. I'm more of an omnivert where I can turn it on and that type of thing. But that's not what video is about. Uh, but the practicing helps, but it's really about becoming comfortable seeing yourself. And if there's a fear with video, it's about making your audience more important than that fear. So many people hold back because they don't like how they look. They don't like how they sound. They're not, you know, they don't really know what to do. But the truth is, if your desire to reach your online audience is greater than your fear, you will succeed at video. You just have to practice and get good at it. And again, you have to be willing to be a beginner. Right. That's, that's some great advice. So when you came into online business and you started helping people with their video, what were you doing specifically? Were you coaching, consulting? Were you just throwing mm -hmm. up some videos on YouTube? What did that look like? <laughs> Not YouTube. I didn't actually get into YouTube until about a year ago. Uh, it's one of those things I keep going, I really need to get better at that. <laughs> uh, because not a lot of people are searching for the structure of a script. Right. So I got into it because I realized everybody was putting the cart before the horse. Everybody kept asking me all these questions about equipment. I'm like, yeah, but what are you going to say? Mm. Yeah, but what are you going to say? Yeah, but who's your audience? Yeah, but is that what they want? Right. So it went around. And so when I first got into this, I was introduced to the online marketing world through a friend of mine. Um, and it was through PLF, if you're familiar with Jeff Walker and his yeah. product launch formula. And so I was invited. Now, I had never heard of Jeff Walker. I'd never heard of PLF. Like I said, I was brand new to online marketing. And my friend invited me to this event because I was in San Diego. It was in Arizona. And he said, whenever it's close, I have to speak on stage, but then we'll hang out. And I thought, okay, whatever. I'll so I showed up not look, doing any research or anything. And I am not kidding you. It was like the scene out of the office where Dwight and they go to the sales meeting and it's like, crazy lights and pumping music and people. <laughs> and I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm in a multi-level marketing scheme. Like I really <laughs> thought like, Oh my gosh, what has happened to my friend, John, who is like an herbalist. Right. And so then Jeff Walker walks out and he's just this down homey guy. And he starts talking about building a connection and a relationship. And I'm like, yes, yes. So what I started doing was he has a very uh, distinct marketing way. And that is with the, the four scripts, right? There is, well, it's three scripts and a sales script. But so what I started doing with the PLF group, and I was even invited by Jeff Walker to speak uh, to some of his masterminds was on those four videos. So what I started doing was private consulting and helping people craft their videos. And I was even approached by some people because it's such a personal thing, right? And where people were going wrong is they were trying to use script templates. And it didn't fit and didn't sound like them. And they weren't reaching their audience. And again, this comes back to because they didn't quite know what their audience wanted. And so what I started doing are collaboration calls. And so we would write the scripts together on Zoom, you know, and then either they would fly me out and I could help them record them or, you know, I would help them find a local crew or they could record them themselves. And so it really was a great jumping off point for me because it's what I was really good at, which is, again, the structure of a script and reaching the audience. Okay, very good. So you're out there, you're you're doing trainings, uh, helping people out, you know, some type of consulting work. And then then you got into online courses or how, how no. did you, how did, 
Yeah, go ahead. Yes, because not everybody can afford, you know, their own private video coach. Right. Right. So I realized there was a whole group of people out there who I started with uh, group online programs, right? Live group and then hybrid and then just, you know, making an evergreen group because there's all different on your value ladder, right? You have to be able to reach a lot of different people at a lot of different places. And especially with video, somebody brand new to video has very different needs as somebody who's writing PLF scripts, right? So that's how I got into the online courses is taking, you know, the knowledge that I had and and putting it into digestible bites for people to to be able to, to get, you know, at a lower price point. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that sounds... Really good, and um, I'm just happy to hear about your success. It sounds like you've been doing some amazing things. So let's dive into some of the the marketing strategies. And the first thing that um, you talked about was the video vomit. So I would love to hear what is video vomit and how can we avoid it? Well, you know, video vomit's not a great video strategy. I will say that, Jeremy. It's uh, well, what it, so video vomit. You've all seen it, right? Like everybody, everybody is watching a video for a minute and you're watching and you're like, I have no idea what they're talking about. I, what, you know, and then they click away. So I always say like, we want to create videos where people stay and not click away. And video vomit is just, it's, it's you not really thinking through the content and you just talking to hear yourself talk and that is where the structure and strategy of a script comes in. And when I talk about scripting and video vomit, scripting doesn't mean word for word. Scripting means you are putting your thoughts into a nice little package with an intro, some teaching, and an outro, which is, of course is your, your call to action, right? So all the video strategy and structure is the same just the content changes. And so that's how we avoid video vomit is thinking through what we're actually going to talk about it. I can wing a lot of things, but when I actually just make some little notes about where I want to start, where I want to go, where I want to end, my videos do a lot better, right? That's what I mean by avoiding video vomit. Perfect. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, description and definitely something we don't want to do. So let's talk, um, let's go a little deeper into the strategy of maybe coming up with a good script because uh, I have a list of hundreds of ideas for videos and I get kind of bogged down with trying to trying to organize them and figure out what to talk about in these different ideas. So imagine you have an idea for a video and you yeah. want to put it on YouTube or, or create a, a course, uh, a video for your course. Can you give us uh, just a quick rundown of how you take it from a concept to a final idea with the script? Yeah. And I will tell you, Jeremy, you're starting, it's a little backwards and you're doing what everybody else is doing is I have an idea for a video. Instead, I actually start with the audience and research, right? Because if you're making videos based on what's in your head and that's your curse of knowledge, that's not really meeting your audience where they are. That's giving them information. And that's the misstep. That's where people, they do have lists. I have an Evernote full of them. But the difference between my Evernote and your Evernote is I also have a group on Facebook where people have to answer questions to get in. One of the questions is, what is your biggest video struggle? And so I have hundreds of topics I can talk about that I know my audience wants to hear about because I've asked them. And that, so when we talk about the first step in the strategy is it's the difference between talking about what you know and what your audience wants to know. 
And that is probably the biggest disconnect I see is, especially I work with a lot of doctors, lawyers, these are people who are experts in their fields, and they're creating an online course, right, based on that expertise. And then they dive into the marketing, and they're still using that expertise, instead of using language. So the first thing I would want you to do is either hop on some calls and interview people you think are your ideal clients and use their language. Get a word bank. Because the difference between me saying, I can help you with camera confidence is very different than the language they use, which is, I don't want to be awkward and sound like an idiot (laughs) on camera. Very different though, right? So my curse of knowledge is camera confidence. Nobody wants camera confidence. But when I say I'm going to do a video so that you don't feel awkward or sound like an idiot, yeah, I get a lot of people showing up for that. So the first part is really just what do they want you to talk about? Okay. So, yeah. So how, so how do we start that process? Because, uh, maybe some people who are listening, uh, don't have an audience. So what would you recommend is the best way to get out there and start asking these questions and finding out what people are interested in? So the first part is I call it the audience of one. A lot of people call it your avatar work, right? You want to find who your ideal client is, make a list, be super specific, but then hop on some calls with those people. And that's if you don't know where to find them, you know, start start going around other people's groups that are similar to yours and then reach out and say like, hey, I'd love to hop on a 10 minute Zoom with you. But you, you can't really just jump out into the internet uh, world and online marketing if you do not have a really a really tight idea of who your audience is and what they want from you. And so it's it's the research is that first step. So if you don't have an audience already, then you need to go find at least 10 people, interview them and find out. And again, these are quick little 10-minute interviews. What do they want? And then you can start building your videos. And, and one of the myths, the video myths, especially about live video is, well, I'll start doing live video once I have an audience. And that's backwards. You can start, once you do this research, then start making those videos, getting good at video, right? So that you're not doing video vomit, getting good at it. And then once you start building your list and you start building your audience, you have a library of videos you know they want to watch. And so you can just direct them there, whether it's YouTube or live videos or whatever it is. And so there's twofold there where you're getting good at video, you're creating videos that people want to know, right? You know that this is something they want. And people see that as instant authority. So even if you don't have a list, you don't have an audience yet, and someone comes to you and you're sending them to this library, they're like, oh, wow, she's already thought through what I need to know. Instant authority. Awesome. That's that's some great, great tips there. So we go out, we find an audience, we ask them the questions and get their language that they're interested in and learning instead of just trying to figure out what our language is. And then we get that information. So now we have some ideas that they've told us, you know, I'm, I'm not confident on being, you know, I don't like the way I look on camera. So what do you do with that idea? Now that I have that idea, how do I go about mapping that out into a video? That's great. And so from here, so you have one, one idea, right? You've asked them a question and you, so let's say, I don't like, I just got someone who came onto my list and said, I don't like how I look on camera. That's exactly what she said. Right. And so I'm actually going to do a live for her. Her name is Sue. Right. And what I'm going to do is talk about one thing. So take the idea, whatever it is you're going to talk about on your video. Right. And it's one thing you're going to talk about. And so first is the hook. 
you come into it, and this is another mistake I see people say, hey, this is Tracy from Video Script Success. If they don't know you, they don't care. I'd say, hi, today we're going to talk about how do you get on camera even if you don't like how you look, right? You want to hook them immediately and say, here's what my video is about, right? And then you talk about one thing. So when you're scripting it out and doing bullet points, I'm going to talk about how to get on camera. And again, I mentioned it at the beginning of our interview, and that is you have to make your fear secondary to your desire to reaching your audience, right? That's all I would talk about in that short video. And this is another thing when you're just starting out, I know what a lot of the experts say that your videos, if you want to get them watched and ranked, they should be this length. No, talk about one thing, be succinct, make sure you have a call to action, right? So I hook them. You know, I may then a little later tell them who I am. I always tell a story in there, my own or a client's, right? That's part of the teaching. And then a call to action. Like I said, the the structure of a video never changes, just the content does. Awesome. Perfect. So we go in and we we have uh, the idea, we have the hook, we have the teaching, the story, and a call to action. Correct. And then uh, how do you go about creating the lives? Do you, uh, do you so, set these up as, as things in the future, like events on a Facebook? Or what, what does the process look like from there? So for me, and this is getting, depending on where someone is, it's a little more advanced or it's right where you are, but it's, you know, what, that's the other part of it is what is your goal of these videos? So if you're just starting out, the goal is to get some videos. So you're creating a library, but let's say you're a little more advanced and you know, you know that you're launching your podcast, you know, that you're launching a challenge. That's the goal. So you want a runway. So I'm going to do maybe four lives. So once every week, leading up to my challenge. And I'm going to make sure that all four of those videos make sense so that when I invite them at the end, right, my call to action is always going to be to the challenge. So you will have to think through what your goal of the videos are. And so for me, I will plan out a couple months in advance. Uh, COVID kind of threw me off this year, right? Like, like everybody else, I had to pivot a little bit because I was going to do one thing. And then I realized everybody was looking on how to do live video and do it well. So I just kept offering my live video course over and over and over again. I did in three months, I did four offers of that. So, you know, you pivot a little bit, but you want to make sure you know, like these videos are leading up to this goal and I want them to go here because that's the other part of the videos is where do they fit into your overall marketing plan? So for me, I use live video a lot. I actually don't like uh, pre-recording videos because I think it's a lot harder. Live video is so forgiving. Right? Your audience doesn't want you to be perfect. They want you to be human. They're buying human to human. They're buying on emotion. And if you're, per- if you're perfect and poised, that's not very appealing because who is really perfect and poised? And so for me, my live videos, I do them on my laptop. Right? I just schedule them. I use something called StreamYard now because I'm not a huge fan of Facebook's new uh, interface, but you can do it from your phone. Right. And the great, the other thing is when we talk about starting out new, and of course, because I've just told you this is like the formula, you know, for your live video or for your videos, you can have notes off to the side. And it is perfectly acceptable for you to say, hold on, let me check my notes. (laughs) I just want to make sure I didn't forget anything. And people love that. No one's saying, oh my gosh, she's so unprofessional. She has notes. They're thinking, wow, she really thought this through. She has some notes for me. She really wants me to learn. 
Are you struggling to create your first online course? Do you have an idea for a course topic, but don't know how to get started? It can be hard trying to figure out everything that goes into course creation. How do you outline your course? How do you set up the technology to create the content? How do you publish it so that you can begin helping others and making money immediately? We know it can be difficult for first-time course creators. That is why we have designed the Start Your First Course Challenge. Our goal is to help you get that online course published within a couple of weeks. That means that you can get your digital product to market without wasting a bunch of time. We will show you how with the easiest methods possible that we have learned and crafted over the years. You'll learn how to choose a topic, outline your course, script what you want to say, and then record the material. After that, you'll discover how to set up the platform and publish it, all with a simple system that's guaranteed to get you results fast. Beat your procrastination by taking action today. Go to startyourfirstcourse.com now to sign up. That's startyourfirstcourse.com. See you in the challenge. I know a lot of the people out there are course creators and specifically probably listening to this podcast, they might already have a course. And so uh, maybe someone out there is struggling to get people to their courses. And so they're listening to this and they're thinking, okay, I got to do more live videos. Once you do the live video, what is a good call to action? Should we just be sending people directly to our course landing page or should we create lead magnets or a freebie? What what does that look like on your end typically? So it's so interesting that you asked this, Jeremy, because had you asked me in January or February, I would have said, you want a launch runway, you want to bring people in and you want to nurture them. And now people want action. They need a solution a lot quicker, I think. And so if you don't make an offer, you're not going to make any sales. And so pretty much every live that I do, there is an offer, right? And so it's perfectly acceptable on all of your lives. Again, if you're trying to drive people to your course, the people that aren't ready, yeah, maybe next time have a lead magnet or say like, and if it's not for you, right, you can send them an email and send them a lead magnet or a little more nurture. But every time you make that offer, if it's in alignment with whoever's watching you, you could be making a sale. And so if you don't make that offer, then you're not going to make a sale. And I, you know, I joke with my students and my clients, I say the only time I make money is when I make an offer. And so don't be afraid to, to on your video say like, I'm so glad you're here. And here's your next step. Because a lot of people, and I'm going to say, especially women, because 99% of the people I work with are women they feel a little bit icky about sales. And I really want people to shift that because it's an invitation to go deeper. And if you think about doing a live video, invite them to go deeper. Okay, we've done this today. The call to action can be like, I've developed this amazing course. It's eight modules. It'll get you from here to here, have a very clear transformation and invite them to go deeper. That's your sale. It's not icky. It's not sham wow. It's just, (laughs) there you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big, like I always tell people, you know, ShamWow, no, that's not how we sell online. (laughs) Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. And imagine, okay, I have a course and I'm trying to drive uh, traffic to my course. And so I go on live, I teach, and then I have a call to action to check out the offer of the course. 
What what is the frequency of the live videos? Are you doing a live video uh, every day or once a week? How often should we be doing these live videos and then offering at the end like this? It's a great question. And my answer is once a week because you do want your lives to be an event. You want people to tune in and show up and they want to, you know, I go live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific inside of my private Facebook group. Why do I do it inside of my private Facebook group? Because they have to have checked just one more thing. Well, A, I want the information when I ask the questions, but they have raised their hand and said, no, I'm really interested in learning video, right? So they're in there and they're expecting me to be there every week. If I go live every single day, that's not exciting. First of all, I don't know what I would talk about every single day. And I'm <laughs> a loquacious person, but I feel like I don't have enough like really good stuff to talk about every single day. And then it doesn't become special. You want it to be special. And if you're going live every day and driving people every day to your course, it'll become redundant and people will tune you out. Mm, that's that's a good plan. See, I, I another mistake I probably made in the past is thinking that you should be going live every day and constantly being uh, in the group and and there, you know? No, and and then actually I have, um, I have something called the, the five super short videos you must have for every launch. And that is something you would do every day because you're in launch, right? So, so that's the other thing when you're talking about course creation, yes, there's evergreen, but I would hope that people would have an open card, closed card, that you're not offering it all the time. Maybe they are, but that's not how I run my courses because again, it's not special. If they can just get in, there's no sense of urgency. And so those are the only times I will go live every day. So I'll be doing a challenge. When I do a challenge, I go live every day. Right, because they're I'm working them through to something, and of course, on the last day, I'll pitch them into one of my courses. Uh, the other time I go live every day again with these five super short scripts is I'm an open cart, so I want to remain top of mind, and I'm going to show up every day to remind them that I have this amazing course and I want them in it. So those are the only times I would go live every day, and again, it wouldn't be forever; it would just be for a short amount of time. Okay, perfect. So we talked about the frequency of the lives. Can you tell us about the length of the lives? How long should these live videos be? There's no right answer for how long a video should be. And this is, again, when people are starting to listen to the online influencers who teach video or they don't teach video, but they're just teaching this one thing and they say, oh, your lives should be 30 minutes long. Now, my lives now are 30 minutes long. They started when I was new at it like five minutes, 10 minutes. Right, because the more interaction I have, the longer they become. People are answering me questions. My, uh, their answer, they're asking me questions, and I'm answering them. Right, like so, it it lends itself to being longer. But I'd say if you're looking for a start out point, start with five or ten minutes. Be helpful. Right, don't try and extend something just because you think it should be longer. And I have a YouTube story about this. Obviously not live video, but you know, when I started out doing YouTube videos, I hired a YouTube guy. You can't see me, but I just put that in air quotes. <laughs> and he kept saying to me, your videos have to be 10 minutes. They have to be 10 minutes. They have to be 10 minutes. I struggled in two places. One, he was giving me content that didn't quite fit with what I was teaching, but this is what people want. I'm like, yeah, but that's not what I really do, right? So that's the first disconnect. The second was to try and talk about something longer than was helpful is really awkward. And I see, and that's where you get into video vomit. Now I created my channel. I did 
try and stretch them out. And he came back to me, he goes, you know what? Your audience actually wants them to be five minutes. And I kind of did one of those like Homer Simpson, like, duh, I know. <laughs> because I know my audience. I know that they want to digest this quickly. They want an answer and they want to implement and move on. And so you can't assume, uh, I would actually err on the side of shorter in the beginning because people are getting to know you. And what you want to do, again, when we talk about creating that library of videos, like they exist, right? People will binge watch through them. So many times I get people come to my site or to my private group and they're like, oh my gosh, I just, I just watched through like 10 of your videos and I can't believe how helpful they are, right? And those are just my free lives that I did probably years ago, but they all live, you know, in a little video tab. Yeah, that that's uh that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, it, you just got to kind of test and see what works, right? Exactly. I mean, it's it, not something that works for one industry or one niche is going to work across the board for everyone. Uh, I found that out the hard way myself. Yeah. So, uh, are you like if you go? I mean, I know with Streamyard and some other applications, yeah. you can go live in multiple places yeah. like YouTube and Facebook at the same time. But do you do you repurpose these live videos? Do you take a live video, say from Facebook, and then put it on YouTube, and then cut it up and put it on Instagram? Are you I, doing any kind of that repurposing strategy? I don't. Well, so yes, I don't, and here's why: uh, you can, but. Every platform is different. And this is, again, getting to know your audience and how where you are and how you're interacting. The first part is find out where your audience is and don't try and be on too many different platforms. My audience is on Facebook and they're on LinkedIn. Uh, and so, and YouTube, although, again, I haven't done anything with my YouTube channel, I get new subscribers every single day. I haven't put a new video up there in two years, right? Like, so it's an opportunity just kind of sitting there, but I have to focus my attention on, okay, but what's the low hanging fruit? How am I helping people right now? And so Facebook is a social platform. YouTube is a search engine. Instagram is, I call it like the Uber search uh, uh, social platform, right? Like it's so quick. Mm -hmm. And then you have LinkedIn, which is a business platform. These are different places and the videos are different. So the, the structure of a YouTube video is slightly different. And if you're doing a live and you're interacting with people and then just uploading that to YouTube, the YouTube people don't want to hear you interacting with people, right? Like that, it's a little, it'd be like doing, it'd be like taking a, a video, a live video and turning it into a podcast, which used to be a thing too. They're like, just turn your live video into a podcast. And it's like, no, why would someone want to listen to you saying hello to everybody coming in and answering their questions. Yeah. Right? It's, it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah. It doesn't make sense. It, it bothers me when I listen to a podcast and they're talking about clicking things on the screen and I'm like, you realize right. I can't see this right now. Right? Right. And again, that's not being kind to your audience. If anybody, like if you're listening to this, I want you to take this away. And that's, it's so important with video is to be kind to your audience. Again, when we were just talking Jeremy about the length of videos and that type of thing, it's what I love about video now versus, you know, I've been in video for 20 years is the analytics. Mm -hmm. You can go into YouTube, you can go into Facebook, you can go into Vimeo and you can see exactly where people are falling off. You can see where they're spiking. You can see, so, so start doing videos. And if all of your videos consistently are 10 minutes and people are falling off at five minutes, make your videos five minutes, right? So it's really tuning in and listening to your audience and what they want from you. And again, if you don't know at first, just start, start. And you'll, you can look at the analytics and say, oh, okay, this is what they want or, you know, ask questions and, and then create the videos based on their answers. 
Yeah, you have to have some kind of data before you can start analyzing that data. Exactly. And, and and with platforms, it just takes a while to get going sometimes. I mean, YouTube can be slow in the beginning, but then it picks up and you start getting some of that data and you can look at that and, and start using that. So that's that's really smart. I like that a lot. So other than the uh, the problem of people trying to create content before asking what the audience wants, what are some yes. other major mistakes that you see people doing with uh, either live video or just video in general, video for their online courses? What, what are some mistakes that people make a lot? So the first one would be no goal or plan or vision, right? So they do, they're not really thinking through where does this video fit into a bigger plan, right? And so then I would say it's, it's um, I call it the expectation gap, and that is the perfectionist where you think that you have to show up a certain way because you're professional, right? You're good at what you do and you cannot wrap your head around being imperfect. And so the expectation gap is looking at other people's videos and saying, I want to be that. And you can be right. But that's not where you start. And again, coming from a pro video world where we used to hire actors for some of the commercials and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. even actors work at their craft, right? They don't just show up and know it. They have spent years getting good at that craft. And suddenly you're thrown into this role of being on video. Give yourself a little leeway. I I like to tell people, take imperfect action over perfect inaction. And that's what I see a mistake where people are waiting. They're waiting. And in my world, they're waiting to be 10 pounds thinner. They're waiting, you know, for their their elasticity to come back to their face. Not going to happen. <laughs> they're, waiting, they're waiting, right? They're waiting, waiting, waiting. And in the COVID world, I'm glad we're not recording video because like we all have COVID quaffs now, which are not great for video, right? We haven't been able to go, but you can't wait. You have to take some, some you know, imperfect action. Um, and then I'm going to say like the last one would be overcomplicating things right? You're not going to learn and you're not going to get good at it if you're not doing it. And so uh, a lot of people will come to me with what I call a video graveyard. Their garage or closet is filled with like this three-point cowboy lighting system and a DSLR (laughs) and all this. And can you make this? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's your audience and what do they want from you? Then start with your phone or your laptop. I like a ring light simple, it's under $120, right? Like, so it's, I like simplicity and, and here's, here's something, you know, your listeners wouldn't know, but I have access to some of the nicest equipment out there that I never use mm-hmm. because it's hard. Like, I don't like teleprompters. I don't like, mm-hmm. you know, the I don't like boom mics. I don't like, it's a lot of setup, right? But I can easily throw my ring light on, uh, you know, and 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 put a nice shirt on. I like to say I'm I'm business on top and nap on the bottom. I'm <laughs> always wearing my slippers, right? But I can just do that and and record a video like that. Is it perfect? Nope. Does it need to be? Nope. That is a great explanation. Um, you know, you said the three points were uh, not having goals, being a perfectionist, and overthinking everything. So yeah. you described me perfectly, just so you know. <laughs> that <laughs> that is me. That is me to the T. I just make random videos and I overcomplicate <laughs> everything that I do. But you know, it's it's just it's what we hear and what we repeat online or you know try to do. So uh, people are out there and saying, "Oh, you got to buy the three uh-huh. uh, lighting setup and you got to have the DSR and the fancy mic." 
microphones and the backdrops. And, and I fell trapped to that myself. Yeah. Over time, it's funny because over time, as time goes on, you don't get better at that's the technical. You realize that the technical doesn't matter and you start shedding it. Like I, I do yeah. so much less now than I used to. I used to have the teleprompter for my courses. I used yeah. to have the, the fancy vinyl backdrops and all the like, you know? Now yeah. you realize that it's not that it's the message. It's what you're trying to get across or what you're trying to teach that's yes. more important than all that other fluffy stuff. Preach, Jeremy. Preach. <laughs> and it's so true. I mean, I joke around because I I truly I say I'm the laziest video person out there, but you know, your perfect lighting is not going to make your content better. Mm-hmm. Your perfect sound, your perfect camera, your perfect, like all of that is, and a lot of people, I think they use it as an excuse. I really do. Yeah. I think that they hide behind the tech because they're like, but there's so much tech and there's really, and I joke around, you need your finger and your phone mm-hmm. if you want to start doing live video. Yes, you can step it up from there, but you can get really good at video with your finger and your phone. That's all you need. Yeah, that's that's right. And if you make mistakes, like you said, if you're looking at your notes or you uh, make a mistake on, on live video, people don't care as much as we think they care, as much as we, we want them to, to believe that they care. They don't care about that stuff. I just, I think back to how many hours I wasted probably standing in front of a teleprompter, yep. reading it halfway through, making a mistake, and then starting all over. You know, okay. not even like pausing, but being like, okay, I'm doing it all over again. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's, again, that's, it's, it's perfect inaction, right? Mm-hmm. You're trying to be perfect about something. And, and quite honestly, I, I really want your listeners to hear this is your people buy on feelings. This is why live video is so amazing. They, they don't buy your thing. They don't buy your product. They don't buy your course. They don't buy your coaching. They buy you. Mm-hmm. And so if you are polished and quaffed and perfect, and that is not very approachable. And so that's what I love about live video. It makes everybody much more approachable. It's okay. You're an introvert. My introverts do the best videos. Show up and tell people, I am super uncomfortable putting myself out there on camera, but my message is bigger than my fear. And I need you to hear this message, right? People will love you for that. That is wonderful, wonderful advice. I really enjoy that. So uh, we talked about you know what's not working, but what are some things that you're seeing out there today that are like working really well, or something that you can recommend that could really give someone a, a little bit of a boost? So I really think that live video, especially if they're if you're not into video, again, we're not talking about recording your course. Maybe that's already recorded, but if we're talking about showing up and getting a presence out there, is pick one or two platforms. That is a must, right? Because you're trying to, you're going to spread yourself too thin trying to be on everything. Find out where your folks are and pick one or two and do some short live videos. Think it through. And again, what works are small digestible bites and make sure that every single video has some sort of, I call it a write downable. If you think about just listening to somebody's story or video, you're like, that's nice. But if they give you something to do, if they give you some sort of action, something that you can do right when you're done watching, fantastic. I even joke with my people. I'm like, oh, hold on. I know you wrote that down, but just wait till I get through the rest of this, right? Because you want people to take action. Right. Because if they're growing, if they're transforming, if they're actually 
taking action, they're going to be like, she really helped me. He really helped me. I'm going to keep watching them. So I think the idea is to shed the perfectionism and get going, but make sure that you're just talking about one small thing that they can do in each of your videos. Yeah, that's perfect. And I just want to add to, we've been talking about live video mostly on this interview, but this translates straight into online courses. I mean, everything we're saying, you know, works for online courses too. It doesn't have to be as perfect as you think. And Um, webinars and right, like any, anything like that. Uh, I consider that all the, I mean, those are all things I do with private clients as well. Like people hire me to help them write their webinars because it's really important. You know, I can't stand, I don't know how you feel, Jeremy, when I show up at a webinar and someone spends 20 minutes telling me about themselves, like I am banging my head again. <laughs> I don't care. When I do a webinar, I'm like, I'm going to spend the next 2.3 seconds telling you about me. And then we're moving on, right? Like, right. It's not about me. It's about them and them making a transformation. And that's all same with the course creation. Again, when I buy a course and I see that each of the modules are an hour, I'm like, oh, (laughs) when I see that someone took the time to break it up into small digestible bites. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I even realized with my courses that in the beginning I was doing a lot of that. This is who I am. This is what's in the course. This is da da da. And then I realized my better converting courses are the ones where I just jumped right into the action. Like this is, let's start learning right yeah. now. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Tracy, th- thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's just been a pleasure, and you've given us some really great advice. And I just want to leave the floor open to you if you have anything else that you wanted to add. Or if you want to tell people uh, where we can find more about you, or if you have any any goodies or anything out there for us to come uh, get more information from you, where could we find that? Yeah. So my website is www. I can't believe I just did the www. Like no one, everybody knows. Anyway, videoscriptsuccess.com, right? <laughs> videoscriptsuccess.com. And if you're on Facebook, I highly recommend you join Video Playground. It's my free group. I will ask you three questions because then I'm going to add that to my notes on what you want to hear. But That is where I love to support people. I go live every Wednesday. I upload tutorials and some, you know, tech tutorials. I have been a part of over 50 online launches between my own and clients. And so that is where I really like to nurture folks. But I would say if if you're starting out with video or you're trying to, to attract an audience, grow an audience, start with live video on one platform and just get good at it, right? And be a beginner but you will very quickly realize, oh, this isn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. And then and then you'll just watch, watch the people rolling into your course. Awesome. Perfect, Tracy. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I just uh, look forward to your success in the future. Thank you. It's my pleasure, Jeremy. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tracy. You can find out more about her and her business by visiting videoscriptsuccess.com or you can get the show notes of this episode along with links and resources by visiting onlinecourseigniter.com forward slash seven. See you next week with an all new episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Online Course Igniter podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening so that you don't miss an episode. If you would like to learn more marketing strategies and how to sell your online course, then also check out our free community where we share tips, 
tricks, and tutorials at onlinecourseigniter.com forward slash community.